Hello everyone, and welcome to the Goodwill Meditation Group webinar. And today it's Wednesday, the 25th of November. My name's Dominic Dibble, and I work in the London Centre. And today I'm going to be joined by my colleague, Michael Galloway from New York. He will be presenting <clears throat> some thoughts after their meditation about towards a point of emergence. Excuse me. Um, which will be following up on some thoughts from the Worker World Seminar, which happened on the 14th of November. But before we do that, we're going to focus upon the Goodwill Meditation, which we're going to do shortly. And as many of you probably know, the Goodwill Meditation Group is a worldwide group of people who link up each Wednesday at noon to meditate on goodwill. This group aims to stimulate and strengthen the goodwill that is expressed by humanity as a whole. And we meet on the last Wednesday of, Wednesday of each month and this meeting provides a platform for individuals to come together to use this goodwill meditation and to discuss the work of goodwill. Goodwill has been described as love in action and it exists in all human relationships that carry a note of loving intention. It is a positive and dynamic energy and it can be consciously used for the betterment of humanity and all the kingdoms of nature. It is in essence the name we give to the potent energy of divine will as it is expressed through human relationship. And this powerful energy can overcome all separating forces and has the potential to transform all aspects of our societies and the planet itself. The energy of goodwill redeems, unifies and reveals the essential goodness underlying all phenomena. The existence of goodwill is evidence of the link between humanity, the spiritual hierarchy, and the divine. So now, I'm going to turn off my video and we're going to go into our meditation together on the energy of goodwill. And before we begin, let's recall that we are sharing this effort <clears throat> with thousands of other people of goodwill around the planet. And remember that essentially we are souls and as such we have telepathic rapport with all souls. And we are using this meditation as a positive creative use of the mind actively linking the inner and outer worlds. Through our creative imagination, we can see ourselves at one with all humanity and with all that is progressive, spiritual, and working for human welfare and right human relations. 
link up in thought with all those people throughout the world who are working with this goodwill meditation. Reflect upon the fact of relationship. We are related to our family. our local community. our nation The world of nations. We are related to, finally, the one humanity made up of all peoples and nations. We use the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. 
Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Reflect upon your own and humanity's relationship with all beings who dwell in the higher realms of mind and heart, the spiritual hierarchy known as by many names as saints, as rishis, bodhisattvas and masters, honoured by all the world's faiths and spiritual groups. Imagine that you are standing together within the center of the spiritual hierarchy, immersed in the consciousness of the heart of love. For some, this heart of love is known as the Christ, while other faiths have other names for the one at the center, such as Maitreya, the Imamadi and the Kalki Avatar. Maintaining that high point of contact. Let your thoughts reach out to include all members of the human family in whom the energy of goodwill is active.
Use the affirmation in the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the energy of love flowing from the spiritual hierarchy through all people of goodwill into human hearts and minds, infusing them with goodwill and creating loving and harmonious human relationships. Meditate on ways of spreading goodwill, creating right human relationships, and thus restoring peace on earth. Realize that you are helping to build a channel between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity, through which the energy of goodwill may flow, uniting humanity, solving its problems, and healing all differences and cleavages.
Lincoln thought, with people of goodwill all over the world, we say together the great invocation with deliberation and full commitment to its meaning. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the centre which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thanks everyone for your participation. And now it's my great pleasure to hand over to Michael to invite him to share his thoughts on towards a point of emergence. Over to you, too. Over to you Michael. I'll disappear. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so as Dominic said, I'd like to speak today about um, some of the ideas that were introduced at the World Goodwill Seminar, which took place a week and a half ago on November 14th. To restate the title, it was The Spiritual Dynamics of Crisis on the Path of Global Cooperation. And the premise of this theme, which looked at two things, spiritual dynamics of crisis and global cooperation as it's developing in the life of humanity, it looks it looks at this theme 
from the perspective that today humanity faces a profound spiritual crisis and one which is fundamentally a crisis of relationships at all levels. This crisis of relationship is also a crisis which concerns the next step forward of humanity's path, of humanity's progress upon the path of evolution. And this forward progress upon this path requires a movement in consciousness. It requires a movement in thought, which parallels movement and action. The need is to transform all aspects of human living. Um, so during the seminar, there were presentations, discussions, and meditations were held, which evoked numerous ideas. And I'd like to just briefly highlight um, the 10 major ideas that were brought up at all three broadcasts of the seminar in London, Geneva, and New York. Uh, but then more importantly, I'd like to lead us in a discussion about um, where this path of global cooperation is leading us. There is crisis, it's being brought to a point of tension today, but what is that point of emergence? So really, what is the vision of the future? And so we will discuss that after this brief presentation. So the first major idea um, is the fact of the soul. As many of us know, the soul is what bridges all levels of consciousness from the very highest to the lowest. The soul is the agent of evolution. It's what moves all things forward upon that path. And it does this through the perfecting of the relationship between spirit and the forms which give it um, a vehicle of expression. That which is spiritual therefore is anything which moves us forward upon the path of evolution towards expanded consciousness, towards understanding, towards greater wholeness. And this is both individually and in humanity as a whole. So the existence of the soul at individual, national, and international levels was discussed, including its nature, what is the nature of a national soul, for instance, how is it evoked, and what responsibility does that bestow? Also discussed was the new group of world servers, a term some of us here are familiar with, surely. That group is the group of those who have made at least some degree of alignment with their soul. So they are vertically aligned with that source of light and love. And they are horizontally oriented servers, which seek to bridge between humanity and between the spiritual hierarchy, which is the planetary soul. Um, the second major idea, the energy of the will. Today, certain unique spiritual energies are impacting the planet and humanity. Um, these energies stimulate humanity's will to good and its will to love and in turn the will to cooperate. However, as part of this stimulation, these energies also disturb and stimulate aspects of humanity and perhaps individuals, of course, that are unresolved. These aspects of the human psyche which have not yet been redeemed. And this gives rise to a multitude of crises in humanity as economic, um, political, and social. The third major idea is the universality of spirituality. Um, the fact that what is spiritual is uh, should be considered in a universal sense, and also that the path of evolution is diverse. And what this means is that spirituality encompasses all sectors of human living, whether it's someone raising a family, whether it's a, a young child growing into adulthood, whether it's somebody um, taking up a, an explicitly mystical or religious or spiritual path, or whether it's something as mundane as um, studying at university. All of these can be considered spiritual if for that individual or group, they move them forward upon the path of evolution towards greater understanding. And there is also therefore recognition that the path of evolution is diverse with different individuals and groups at different stages upon that path. And this must be understood in order to approach all sectors and all individuals with understanding. There also is of course a recognition that humanity itself is at a very peculiar and particular stage upon that path. 
the fourth major idea, the right handling of duality. At the New York seminar, someone asked whether we should follow the better angels of our nature, which is, means to throw the entire weight of ourselves upon the side of the good, or whether we should instead seek to tread the middle razor-edged path of the Buddha. And I think this is a question that a lot of people have. It, it was suggested that perhaps both paths are in fact the same, or at least maybe they're not opposed to one another. The middle razor-edged path, um, of course, means perhaps means cooperation with those better angels. And to quote Steve Nation in his op opening talk, he said, quote, instead of outright rejecting the forces opposing cooperation, we are driven to understand these forces as aspects of ourselves and our own nations. The fifth major idea is the recognition of inequality. There is a recognition that the accelerating gap between rich and poor occurs both transnationally across nations and also within many countries as well. And this, this issue is apparently being brought to a point of, of tension. Hemena Leva Roche, who spoke at New York, brought up the interesting point that the global pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, has um, for the first time alerted, alerted those in, developing, in developed countries to the fragility of human civilization. Often those in the more developed countries are not so affected by world crises. The sixth major idea is the nature of crisis. First, that crisis is cyclic, meaning it occurs in stages of crisis, tension, and emergence. And this ultimately propels the individual or the group forward upon the path of evolution. Um, many at all, at all the conferences or at several of the, at several of the seminars expressed that there is a need to allow, allow time to resolve certain crises. Often solutions take time to work out. And so the time factor, although maybe imminent in one sense, um, should not be ignored. Crisis as a spiritual opportunity was also discussed. Crisis eventually forces decisions to be made. And there is a need for understanding in order to make the right choice that therefore moves to the right point of emergence rather than a resolution back to the status quo. In Geneva, Alexandra Masako Gusen's Ishii explained how the climate crisis is bringing about a sort of crisis of spiritual opportunity. She said that the climate crisis is, quote, has the potential to trigger unprecedented solidarity and action on a global scale and enable human beings to profoundly transform their attitude towards themselves and their human and natural environment, end quote. The seventh major idea is the need for ed education. In London, several people expressed the need for, for a type of education which trains the minds and hearts of young people to unfold the identity of their souls, of these souls. There should be more emphasis upon world citizenship upon global responsibility, and upon a culture based upon the essential unity of life. When this, when this is taught from an early age, it blossoms forth into a sort of civilizational-wide understanding later in life. Um, the eighth major idea is how to address fear and to bring hope. This idea was prevalent throughout the conference. In Geneva, particularly Thubten Wangchen, a Tibetan, a Tibetan Buddhist monk, urged the need for patience. The UN was also central to many discussions. The UN, of course, remains a source of hope and also a source of hope for many, and also means for the right handling of human crises. The UN is a place for discussion for the exchange of ideas. And in Geneva, it was highlighted that the UN is a place for thought form building to prevent conflicts otherwise would be fought out on the physical plane. 
The ninth major idea, the need for communication between those with differing ideologies, between small and large countries. And echoing the movement at the UN, there was an express need for bottom-up solutions and not just top-down. Those at local levels often understand better what those communities need in order to thrive and become better and to better serve their citizens. In London, a Dr. A.T. Aryaratne and Dr. Charika Marasinga spoke about the work of the Sarvodaya movement in Sri Lanka, which uses Gandhian and Buddhist principles and practices to build no poverty, no wealth communities within some of the poorest villages in the country. This movement has been tremendously successful. In New York, Ahmad Kiaye highlighted the work that non-state actors play in bringing together influential actors to negotiate global treaties. He spoke about particularly his group's work on bringing together actors to negotiate a treaty on the elimination of weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East. The 10th major idea and the last one, which I will enumerate here is the vision of the future. In London, Christine Morgan spoke on regional parliaments and the vision that some form of UN parliamentary assembly, many are, many are today and have for some time been talking about, if it existed, would bring a greater degree of democratic representation to global governance. Importantly, all three seminars concluded with the same meditation, which used the following keynote. It says, today, conflicts are numerous, vital, and unavoidable, presenting constant points of crises and bringing about a point of world tension. But ahead of humanity lies a point of emergence. And it is this point of emergence which constitutes, of course, our goal and towards which all servers in every sector of human living and who work for the good of the whole are today striving. And what is good, and I think in my opinion, leaves a reasonable to be optimistic about the future is that today humanity is definitely responding to this vision of wholeness, which we know is bestowed by humanity's soul, the impending energy of the soul. At the same time, of course, humanity remains bound to the past. And so the sort of predicament of our age as we stand between the Piscean age, which is preeminently the age of the individual one can say, and the age of Aquarius, which is the age of the group, is that we are sort of equally pulled between both of these forces. This creates, of course, an intensity of psychological conflict, um, but one which will ultimately be resolved when humanity makes the right decision. So before moving, any, um, moving into the discussion, I'd just like to invite perhaps um, London or anybody else that um, from the seminars would like to just share a few thoughts or a few additional thoughts um, that I may have missed that I think were important um, about the seminars. And if not, we'll just move into the discussion. Um, well, speaking from London, um, uh, I think you have provided us with plenty to think about. And as you as you mentioned, the Sarvadaya Shramadana movement, um, which we were very privileged to have um, presenting in the form of both fa father and daughter. Um, 
they've been going for a long, long time. They're actually about the same age as World Goodwill, which is kind of a coincidence. Coincidence, because uh, Doctor Ayaratni was born just the year before World Goodwill was um, first uh, created, and there's been quite a long association between the two groups, actually, um, through various personal contacts. And it's it's quite inspiring that one of the points that was made by um, the two speakers was that um, basically they start from principles. They, they, don't, they don't go into a village and say, right, you need to sort out, you know, your, your drinking water or your nutrition or so on. They start from principles and they only get to the practical point at, at kind of the third stage of the process. And the other thing which was quite inspiring, which was shared, was that they start from the village as it is a bottom-up process, so to speak, but the, their view and because it encompasses the, or it uses the Buddhist principles, encompasses a vision that ultimately extends to the planet and to cosmic principles, as it were. Um, so there's a very strong resonance, I think, between the two um, points of view um, of Orgawil and Sarvadeya. And I'm going to stop wittering on now. And I think, I'd, uh, do we have anyone who would like to share their thoughts? Um, if you if you haven't done it before, um, the process for doing that is you go into the participants list and you can raise your hand. And if you raise your hand, we'll unmute you and invite you to make your contribution. Um, and if there's anyone from Geneva, as, as Michael said, it'd be lovely to hear from them. Thanks, Dominic. While we're waiting for people, I just, what you, what you said about the Sarvodaya Institute um, reminded me of something that Alice Bailey wrote in her book, Education in the New Age. She wrote that the two things that which all children should be taught from an earliest age are the fact of the one humanity and the value of the individual. And it seems like what's really interesting is they, they really take the esoteric approach and that they, you said they start with principles. They work from the universals to the particulars. And that's not often how people approach things, but it really is the way esotericism works. But also in alignment with, I guess, the need of the individual, they start at the local level and look at that. So it's a beautiful way of kind of combining both of those principles, which seem like opposites and sort of a paradox, but actually, but actually aren't, don't need to be. It's really beautiful. And another thing that you said, which I th think was quite interesting, is of course that um, they work with a, a no poverty, no riches kind of perspective, and uh, and I, I suppose in a sense what we basically turning the whole idea of poverty on its head because it's not it's not not about material wealth so much as spiritual wealth um the kind of interesting thing that um, dr ariaratni shared was that um their voluntary efforts are running at a profit even during the coronavirus pandemic mm -hmm. um not because they want to run at a profit, but because it, they're so soundly based, as it were. Mm -hmm. um, looks like Steve is here. Oh, yes, he's got his hand up. Um, Steve. Hey, that was beautiful. Thank you, Michael. That was a really beautiful summary. And thanks, Dom. Um, it's very interesting reflecting on the seminars and a couple of thoughts 
Um, first, in, just in response to Savodia, one of the things that to me is so impressive about Savodia is scale. Um, because there's not a, we don't have a lot of examples of goodwill movements that are working at such scale. So in Sri Lanka, um, Savodia is the largest by far civil society movement working at social development um, and very actively engaged in over 3000 villages. So it is working with millions of people. And that it's really important to take that on board to my mind because it does mean that we rethink about um, instead of, so instead of thinking about small fringe movements or pressure groups, we start thinking about movements that are actually changing the quality of relationships within thousands of um, communities, of neighborhoods. And that's, so that's really, you know, to me, that's interesting. The other thing I th that interests me about the New York event was to see this path to cooperation through the eyes of the four panelists, each of whom was speaking from a sort of professional basis. Um, one from the um, reflection in terms of a government negotiator at the UN and what negotiation means um, and how negotiation is becoming more goodwill oriented and more centered in heart, uh, but also with skill. Another speaker who was represented an international civil servant, having worked at the UN for many, many years, um, spoke of how within the whole context of the path to cooperation, the UN Secretariat can play a very positive dynamic role and bring in the will. So really highlight um, and hold before governments and civil society the will to achieve the goals that the UN was set up for. And then a civil society, a professional sort of civil society representation from two people, one um, from the Middle East um, and the elimination of weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East, showing actually how the incredibly positive role that civil society can play. So instead of thinking of it as some airy, airy fairy thing, seeing that the actual treaty around which Middle East governments um, cautiously are quietly talking has been was better able to be devised by um, civil society people with experience and treaty planning and from civil society better were better able to do that than governments and then finally um, from the Baha'is but more specifically from the growing alliances within civil society showing how um, civil society really is taking on board the humanity making deeper choices. Um, so to me, those were those were really interesting thoughts. And then all and then the other thing that interests me about your comment, uh, Michael, your talk is in this theme of emergence. So it would be really interesting to hear on reflections on what emergence means. We're often so idealistic and um, we think, and, so the comments are always abstract. So what emergence could we expect out of this coronavirus and all the intersecting um, crises that go into that? And a total political reorientation which comes through a change of government in, in the US. Um, because that changes the di political dynamics. So if you think in the past, we've had a point of emergence of the formation of the UN after the crisis of the, of the, of the Second World War, then we had an, a point of emergence after the end of the, the fall of the Berlin Wall. We're moving to a new point of emergence post-COVID and, and suddenly an earthquake in, in the sort of political dynamics of international relations. Um, and to me, that's an interesting question.
Uh-huh. <clears throat> There's a lot to, ch to chew upon there, Steve. And we have another hand up from George Knox. I'll ask him to unmute. Um, good morning or afternoon or evening. Um, my question really relates to the, the apparently overwhelming absence of trust between players, primarily in the United States of America and primarily around the facade of politics, which conceals a much deeper level of fear based upon an absence of trust. And so as we speak about emergence, is what is the ingredient? What is the means by which it can be accomplished by cooperation that is only, only effective when people are sincerely and honestly committed and between themselves there's a common purpose that makes trust the norm rather than the extraordinarily rare exception. And it relates, I think, to the question of, of, of conciliation of what we are now calling tribes in the sense that the diaspora, the post-slavery diaspora has zero faith in the word Pharaoh-like that it receives from those who have historically been identified as oppressors who are now exercising power and resistance to change. So that was the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. I think one of the things that was um, touched upon in London what you said about an absence of trust is that there is there's a great need to understand other people to 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 find a way to of bridging through understanding because it's only through understanding we can really begin to trust. Um, and the key to all of this, of course, is goodwill. The, 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 the simple magical ingredient, if we don't have that goodwill, then we can't even make that first step of attempting to understand um, and attempting to trust. And as you say, that there is this, there are these cleavages, this polarization that exists. And that, that's, that's the hard work that we have to do. We have to find ways to channel goodwill into these situations. And as Steve has noted, that's happening at the UN. It's happening in other places. Um, can you hear me, by the way? I'm, I, my voice is... I can hear oh, you. Oh, yes. Okay. And uh, so th that, that's my first little sketch of a kind of direction one, one might move in if you want to try and emerge from this situation of low trust and polarization that we need to find ways creatively to apply, energize goodwill. And that can be from the smallest incident of just sharing a smile with somebody or, or um, all the way up to international negotiations. And the, the, the two are the same thing, really. They're all about building bridges. Um, but it's not easy. It's certainly not easy. And we've been, we are in a situation where for some time now that there has been a, a something of a breakdown in trust. Now, I see there's a couple of more hands up. I'm going to invite, um, first of all, Lucy's Trust Geneva to say something. That's probably Minsa. Yeah, that's, that's Minsa. I hope you hear me. Um, we can. Uh, yeah, uh, talking about trust, I think it's, it's a good topic. Um, in Geneva, it has been 
um, touched upon from a, a Tibetan perspective by Tupton Wancheng, who is a member of the Tibetan parliament um, in exile. And one of the keys is patience. It, uh, Michael uh, alluded already to that. I think patience is a very important thing and it gives you the opportunity to see things in a, in a wider perspective. Things which are emerging, uh, Steve already mentioned a couple of them. I think one important thing is the notion of the sustainable development goals. That is a track which is aiming at something around 2030. So it is something which is emerging and this cannot emerge if there wouldn't be what we would call goodwill or that could that cannot emerge if there uh, won't be a mutual trust between the nations because the sustainable development goals is not a question of the United States, it's not a question of the UK, it's a question of all the nations. This draft has been signed by all the members of the United Nations, including the United States and including all the other nations. So I think this is a, a, an example of um, something that is emerging and I think we could keep that in mind. Absolutely. And certainly Walker World places quite a strong emphasis upon the various different ways in, this, in which the sustainable development goals are being implemented by thousands of civil society organizations around the world in very innovative ways. So it's, it's something we do want to keep an eye on. And I notice we have another hand, which is Kit Flourish. I'll ask you to unmute. Yes, well, it's Kit Turr and I'm in Washington, DC. And um, maybe you can help me find the question in this because I feel like there is one, but I'm not sure how to say it. But that is that um, looking in my own nation, there seems to be, there's a real need for both and. So for example, I'm involved in different things that are that try and bring together people across the political spectrum so that we can listen to each other and more understand each other. And at the same time, our country is really now in a crisis and it's in a crisis of um, the state of our democracy and the future of our democracy through decisions being made around our voting and, and trust is huge there. So um, I guess my question or comment is it, it seems that there also, while we're looking at what's for the future, we really also have to, in addition to goodwill and understanding, address uh, directly certain, you know, crises in democracy and things. Thanks, Kit. I just, can I say something, Dominic, really quick in sure. response to that? And also a little bit in response to what, uh, to what George said. Mm -hmm. That's that I think this, this issue of trust is really important, as you said, as both of you said. Um, and I think it's easy to look at the political problems, but we have to remember that they are reflective of larger social problems. And George, what, what you mentioned, the vestiges of, of slavery and the, the, the post, the, the, um, what are you, the post-slavery diaspora. What that is and what's so horrible is, is that there is sort of, what it creates is a sort of attachment to what's happened in the past, but people can't move beyond that until there is, like you said, a reconciliation. And I think, you know, relating, relating that also to the election crisis, what it has to do with fundamentally is this sort of like I mentioned earlier, 
finding some way to resolve that past in order to move into the future. And so, you know, I don't know, of course, what the, what exactly what's needed for that, but really resolving what it is that hasn't been resolved from our past, I think is really key to a moving into this, this point of emergence. I had another thought, but I totally lost it. So let's just leave it at that. I think that's certainly a point I would agree with that um, we need to learn to recognize that every society has committed crimes, has committed, has done terrible things, and we need to find ways to reconcile with that past in intelligently and in, co in cooperation with those who've been wronged. And it's it's interesting that that, to some extent, has, particularly during the pandemic, has, has come up as, as a thing in human consciousness. Um, there was a debate in the UK, particularly about statues and how the, the, what they represent, um, which was quite intriguing um, because, well, certainly around the, the Lucis Trust offices in London, there's lots of statues and there, there are lots of statues of military men. And it makes you wonder what does that mean for a society where public space is occupied by lots of statues of military men and celebrating or supposedly celebrating victories over different peoples at different times and how we reflect on how how is that shaped the collective consciousness of a nation because we talked again about the soul of a nation and the personality of a nation and how do we bring forward the soul of the nation and goodwill um there's lots of comments in the chat as well which we haven't <laughs> even touched upon um there was a point earlier about education for empathy um there was some comments about weapons and disarmament and how finding disarmament, uh, well, moving towards disarmament, which was, in fact, I believe, um, was it Ahmed Kai spoke about that in New York? Sorry, the pronunciation is bound to be wrong. <laughs> um, and what else is there? Um, people are talking about also about how mistrust tends to be based on fear and this again goes back to what we're saying about reconciling with the past because the fear that was created by the violence that was inflicted that's still somehow in the collective consciousness of peoples and how do we cast out that fear well again the answer is love casts out fear goodwill casts out fear but it's a very hard a very simple thing to say, a very hard thing to do. Um, and we're, we're running over time, but I mean, we, again, we could, we could talk more, I'm sure, about a lot, lots, of the, lots of these topics, but at the same time, we can always do the same thing next time. Um, although I, I believe you were going to say something, Michael, about our, our final well, our final meeting of the year, uh, which is probably going to be, well, I'll leave that to you. Oh, just to announce that because our next seminar is on December 30th, it's close to a holiday. I just wanted to let everybody know that we will still be having that, uh, I said seminar, but I meant to say webinar, that our final webinar in December, on, De on December 30th will be held. That's all I wanted to say. Just let everybody know. Same time, uh, same place. Same time, same place. <laughs> but also, I mean, just to just to reiterate though that this goodwill meditation group does meet every week at twelve o'clock in your local time zone. We meet subjectively. Mm -hmm. Everyone throughout the world have been using this meditation for many, many decades, 
you know, every Wednesday at noon in their local time zone. And that's really the, what, that's really the true group is that subjective meeting meditation. This webinar is just to kind of vocalize us and give us a place to discuss on the physical plane, but really please join us every week in meditation. Amen. <laughs> and I think at this at this point we will we will just close our meeting with a few moments of silence um, and dwelling upon holidays that are coming up and the new year that's coming up and perhaps uh, perhaps there is light at the end of the uh, end of some of the tunnels that that, that have been we've been in for a while. So let's dwell upon how we can use goodwill to help light the way for a few moments. Thanks again, everyone, for your participation. As Michael says, we can join in every week subjectively. But our next opportunity for a physical, well, cyber meeting is on December 30th. So we hope to see you then. Bye for now. <laughs>